bit of conspiracy, maybe, you know, a little bit of everything, man. We're going to talk some uh, financial education. We're also going to talk uh, some hip-hop-related uh, facts with finance, and it's going to be a little bit of everything, y'all. So, to my left, I got my homeboy, Ahmad, man, a.k.a. Mr. Money Smart Broker, uh, Broker excuse me, and uh, pretty much I'm going to let him introduce himself, and, you know, we'll kind of get into everything. Yo, yo, <clears throat> Amash Shakur, a.k.a. Money Smart Broker. Um, sheesh, uh, to introduce myself. <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, damn. <laughs> We're going to keep it rolling, man. We're going to keep it rolling. Fuck it. Um, introduce yourself. What is it that you do? Um, what is uh, it we'll that say you, I specialize in... Um, I specialize in using life insurance as an asset and educating our community on uh, financial literacy and how we can adopt, while on a different scale, we can adopt a lot of the uh, same tactics and wealth strategies from the elites. And, um, yeah, we just kind of take it from there. Uh, okay. As long as we can know things, I figure if we know better, we could do better. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. All right, so... Um, let me start here. What is the best way? Because I know we were kind of talking before, and you have made a great point, so I would definitely love for you to reiterate it here on the podcast. Um, as far as investing in yourself, mm-hmm. what what is the best thing that you could possibly begin with and how to start that process? Well, I feel like the 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 steps would go once you get some income <clears throat> and you have steady income, Instead of um, taking that money and, uh, you know, using it to buy, I mean, you could, you could categorize it as a liability. I feel like people throw that word a lot, around a lot, but, I mean, essentially just kind of taking the money that you use time to grow and just spending it in ways where you're no longer able to use it again. Um, if you think of it this way, if you use once you use one dollar on a liability, you'll never have that dollar again. So if you okay. can take that mentality and you know um, <clears throat> when you when you take that perspective on money, you'll say, okay, what money should I be using? Okay, now after you take in that income, you have a consistent flow. You take that money that you used your hard time to accumulate now you put that into a vehicle that grows while you sleep um i love that i love love money growing while i'm sleeping (laughs) uh it it grows uh on an annual base based on well we're talking about life insurance and specifically permanent life insurance and then more specifically universal life insurance um there are different ways to accumulate cash value through life insurance uh, when you use it as an asset and you get someone who can structure it properly for you um, and you properly fund it. This can be your vehicle um, to create a, fina- a foundation for financial wealth uh, in the future. Okay. So life insurance policies, because I know when a lot of motherfuckers hear that or even people trying to sell a life insurance policy to them, um, we tend to shut down. You know, uh, 
but I love how you kind of put it. There's a difference between what you do as a broker and what someone may do as a salesman or agent. Um, if you could kind of elaborate on the difference between the two. Well, I mean, uh, it would it would really depend on the individual. Okay. Um, the position, they kind of blend. Uh, usually, you're talking about the difference between a captive agent and, uh, and an independent broker. Um, uh, the captive agent, typically someone who would work for a company, one carrier, and they're kind of incentivized to persuade you that their company is the best out there. So. Okay you don't get much of a cross-reference from that same uh, um, agent or, you know, whatever. Uh, whereas if you get with someone who's independent uh, and educated, I'll, I'll add that there, they can um, give you a comparison of different carriers to so that, and basically kind of lay out options for you to choose what's best for you. Um, then there's focuses. So, you know, you have different types of concepts within life insurance and you'd have to ensure that the one you're working with is knowledgeable about the concept that you're pursuing if that makes sense definitely 100 <clears throat> um especially for um the options part I, I definitely love that um i love when someone is definitely able to lay out some different options and um not even an option but a, a different perspective to look at something mm-hmm Especially when it deals with my money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm all for um, being able to have someone to like you say properly educate me on every option that I could possibly have. Yeah. Um. So definitely is already you're already in a positive note. Yeah, it's know? empowering. It's exactly. usually just empowering you to make a decision as opposed to trying to convince you. That you need to come over here because this is where it's at. <laughs> exactly, exactly, one hundred percent. All right, beautiful. So, I think we pretty much covered the the uh, basis of pretty much what it is we're going to be talking about right now, um, as far as insurance. Um, and to you, motherfuckers listening, man, look, don't try to speed past this shit. I really need y'all to listen to it because the way my homeboy is about to break it down, um, I know it's probably a lot of y'all who may not have a life insurance policy. And I don't want you guys to look at it as just a bill. I would love for you to look at it as a potential opportunity to invest in yourself. And at the end of the day, um, you are your own best collateral, you know, and I just want y'all to remember that. So with me saying that, um, I know we kind of touched on it as far as someone possibly getting some money together, whether it was something they just kind of stacked up, maybe it was just a, a big check they may have received and, they wanted to invest in a vehicle, um, whether in that vehicle being whatever it may be, whether it's an actual vehicle or, you know, the vehicle basically just to produce some type of money for you, whatever that avenue may be. Um, with the life insurance policy, um, for motherfuckers on a budget, what would be the best, you know, um, I guess, amount to either budget you know, or to possibly, if you do have that one big check, to kind of set aside and, you know, you could really just begin that whole process. I'd say, I mean, first I'll say any coverage is better than no coverage. Um, we all die too soon. Hmm. So, 
Uh, and Shit, you, we you, dying as we speak. And you never know <laughs> when. So it, as soon as you can get anything in place uh, to uh, to pass on to your loved ones, um, the sooner the better. As of right now, it will be the cheapest it will ever be in your life. Um, you wait a month, it's automatically more expensive. <laughs> you wait a year, it's even more expensive. Um, unfortunately, people been taught to wait until you know later in life to get life insurance. Oh, you don't need it. You young. <laughs> the problem with that is you done waited till you got diagnosed with diabetes and high blood pressure. Now you uninsurable, or now you got to pay extra. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or where you could have locked in a permanent policy in your early twenties and been paying, you know, anywhere between fifty to a hundred dollars a month uh, for permanent life insurance instead of spending your money on a term life insurance and having to convert it later or not getting it and realizing now you going you out of pocket like 450 for the same policy. Right. What what um for a starter cuz I, I think you just mentioned three different policies. Mm-hmm. So what would be the initial um Beginner policy, I guess. So I mean, beginner policy. I'd assume you're talking about, you know, the low, the cheapest amount. Right. Um. So the cheapest amount would be, I mean, would be the commodity version. Uh, I I, I call it that okay. uh, of life insurance. It's term. So term is. Excuse me. Term is your vanilla life insurance where okay. you pay out money, you get a death benefit. In a lot of cases, in order to get living benefits, you're going to pay extra. Okay. Uh, depending on the carrier, um, it is very competitive, to, depending on your health and age when you get it. Um, however, there's not many. Uh, there's no cash value. Okay. <laughs> there's no dividend. <clears throat> so think of it like auto insurance, where you just pay out and you get nothing at the end. You're just when you paying out for the insurance. you're just paying for the insurance you, if you, you now if you were to now those come in 10 year 15 year 20 year 30 year um groups got you now the weird thing is over 90% of people outlive their policy so what i believe the carriers do is that's kind of like your foot in the door okay you know it's i just need you to get on the lot right you know right, right 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 <laughs> And then once you start, once you actually have insurance, mm-hmm. that's when you start looking into it. And then you say, oh, wait, I could get a dividend from whole life or right. I could I get cash value over time. If, you know, this, you know, like you start to look into things and then, you know, you want to convert it. So for <clears> a, a term policy, usually how long is that term? Because I know you just mentioned that people... Most people get, I mean, uh, most people get them 15 to 20 years, The gotcha. and then you can get a 30-year. Um, I haven't seen anything bigger. Uh, I'm not going to say you can't, but okay. uh, usually it's 10, 15, 20, 30. 10, 15, 20, 30, okay. <clears throat> and then that, but that's just for the term policy itself? And yes, that's if and you that's were... no financial gain. That's no. That's just coverage. You're just paying just for paying. coverage. That's gotcha. all you're doing. It's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all, my bad. We had a little bit of technical issues, but um, in, in short, we were pretty much talking about the term life policy and basically how you can range it from anywhere from possibly five to 30 years. Um, 
and you'll have coverage on your life. The only thing is you will not be able to have a return investment on that. Um, and of course, we all love making money here. So for someone who might not have insurance or life insurance, I should say, or if someone who possibly does have a life insurance policy, um, how would they begin to make that more so an investment, you know, to recoup from more so than just coverage? I'd say, um, in my opinion, your best bet is to open up an uh, index universal life policy. Uh, I'll preface that by saying you don't, you don't choose investments um, based on which one grows the most or costs the least in the beginning. Okay. You want to choose investments based on what generates the most at the time in your life that you're going to use the money the most down the road. Okay. And the most effective, cheapest, et cetera, et cetera, um, a maximum funded index universal life policy is the cheapest product at the end of the day compared to any other financial instrument that does what it does. Okay. And we can go into what it does. What, 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 um, I'll say, what are like the main benefits of it? Well, the the main benefit, in my opinion, aside from the cash accumulation feature, is the living benefits that come with these policies. Um, if we believe that there's any chance that we could become, you know, critically injured, chronically ill, terminally ill at any point in our lives while having this policy, you will get a payout to um, off of your death benefit to help with these medical expenses. Okay, and, and so <clears throat> when you say payout, payout, is that more so a, a withdrawal that you're able? No, you qualify for this um, okay. once the doctor, uh, once you have a diagnosis or you've been deemed, you've been uh, categorized in one of these three or four different scenarios. Once that has now happened to you, you now qualify for X amount of dollars, depending on how your policy was uh, structured. Okay. Um, and you will get that money upon that happening in your life, and that really has helped a lot of people who... Definitely. Yeah. That's a lot. That sounds like a lot of uh, medical coverage right there. Well, yeah, on sudden expenses. You already may have, yeah. To have any type of sudden expense covered, uh, you know, uh, you, can't, you can't plan for a lot of things, you know. Just having something in place that will come in and you know just swoop down and say here you go so in a way you could you could kind of look at it as uh with this particular policy you're literally having medical coverage on top of the possible medical coverage you may already have as far as being able to pay financial coverage for the medical expenses yes Yes. okay so that's definitely a benefit because i know that could help well i like to clarify that in certain carriers um so uh, you can you can get living well you'll get living benefits with any policy it's just some carriers will charge extra for these um and from what i've seen and the carriers i work with uh they're like the living benefits are included in the policy uh for no extra premium okay and the best way to go about it is doing it under an index universal life for that cash accumulation feature gotcha all right beautiful 
And so a policy like that, where does it usually begin as far as a budget wise? Because I know you said it, it can be a little bit more expensive. Um, do they range as far as or is it, it ranges? Something? It varies, um, and it varies a lot. Ba- not only based on your health mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and your age, mm-hmm. but it also depends on how we want it structured, how okay. we plan to fund it, how fast we, um, what's the goal. Got you. You know, what's your goal for this accumulation and you know what are you planning to use it for is this something that you want to use uh, you want to just double your money in seven to ten years and you know start borrowing against it or is this something that you want to use as debt consolidation or is this you know um, or is this just retirement to make sure that you have to secure your own retirement and roll it out instead of using a 401k or other tax qualified um, financial vehicles. So essentially, you're able to build a plan with the, these individuals um, as far as their life. Honestly. Yes. Instead of just his saying, here, take this insurance coverage for your life mm-hmm. and when you die, we got your back. Yeah. You're, you're basically saying, look, man, aside from that, because we can do that as well. Let me go ahead and put some money in your pocket. Or, you know, let me go ahead and uh, fund this business, as you mentioned, or exactly. a home, mm-hmm. you know, something of uh, whatever substance may yeah. be to you. Significant well, substance, I would mm-hmm. say. Well, we need to understand that this, um, this method is, no, is far from new. Uh, the Index Universal Life Policy is fairly new from the mid to late 90s. But people uh, or companies or, you know, figures, historical figures have used whole life insurance to fund many different ventures. Um, I'm sure people, it's been going around a lot on TikTok. Uh, It's known that Walt Disney used life insurance to save um, Disneyland. Ray Kroc used whole life insurance to, to... you know, fund his uh, you know, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not only that, bank-owned life insurance, um, Boley, Bank of America has close to $20 billion in life insurance. Amazing. Truly amazing. <clears throat> Truly amazing. So, what, um, <clears throat> as far as the, and that, so that was the universal, what was that? That was, they, they were mainly using whole life. Whole life. Yes. Okay, and then before so, index before index or universal life came about, um, bef- they, so we started off with um, term, term with term versus mm-hmm. whole. Mm-hmm. Term and whole insurance. <clears throat> the difference was um, just the, from from my understanding was the income ratio. So be it that I, I am technically investing in my life care, I'm also able to possibly. Um, have benefits towards medical bills mm. or um, <clears throat> possibly make a plan with my broker um, who can set me up to recoup off of what I'm investing into this policy and essentially be able to um, invest in something of significant substance, whether it's a business, home, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Okay. So uh, just a little history, though. Um, you know, So before Universal was a thing, there was just term and whole life. Whole life insurance allowed you to pay a higher premium. Okay. To where you were kind of overpaying in the early years. And then around the ages like 45, 50, you were starting to underpay. 
so you could be covered your entire life. Gotcha. Now, whole life was mainly for the death benefit. When universal life was developed, it was primarily for living benefits, so that's why I spoke of that first. Gotcha. I feel like that's a big deal. Right. Um, and then when we get into cash accumulation, the a properly structured index universal life policy can be used to prepare for many things. Like he said, it's usually... But yeah, that's basically that, you know, um, basically using the strategies of the wealthy um, okay. and being able to on a different scale, of course, not a lot of us have, you know, you know, 20 to 50 thousand dollars to you know throw, toss at a life insurance policy to accelerate cash accumulation. But um, you can do it at a different scale and you can. The game. The goal is to just have interest working for you and not against you. So something like maybe a thousand dollars, maybe twelve hundred. Would that be a, a, a good? I, I mean, depending point? on depending on your the structure of you know of how it's illustrated and your age, how much okay. time you have on your side, because mm. the younger you are, the more time is on your side, and you know the the feature of compound interest is is amazing. So. So, it, so I, from what it sounds like, it is best to initially try to begin this as soon as possible. Whether you're yes, you don't want to wait. The longer you wait, the there's an opportunity cost on this. Um, Quick question. I then, then this is a question for myself. Is, yes, sir. Is there a um, age range between um, the access for a policy? Like, do you need to be no. 21 or no? Okay. I I got policies for my kids. Okay, okay. Um, uh, actually, a lot of people who find themselves uninsurable write a policy for their kids, and they own the policy. Okay, and the kids own the policy? <laughs> no, the uh, the parent usually owns the policy, but since they own the policy, um, they still get to open this up, but uh, through their child. Through their child, And right. the benefit to that is it's even cheaper. Okay. And... You got once they come of age, you guys can both fund it to you know to even to push that ac accumulation even further. Oh, got you, got you. And that that could be for the whole. Yes. Or the index universe. Yeah. Whole, whole, okay, got you, got you. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, there's a lot of people who feel like you should go with a fixed, uh, because okay, the difference between whole life and index universal life. Um, there's a lot of uh, kind of debate on which is better. Depending on who you talk to, they're going to push you towards whole life or index universal life. Um, from now on, I just say IUL. Mm -hmm. um, but the infinite banking concept uh, that people have been kind of talking about lately is is a con it's a f concept within life insurance that was, I guess, created with whole life. And a lot of them feel that the that the infinite banking while IUL somewhat has these you know same capabilities it's not the same so it's not within that infinite banking um, concept because it's not at a fixed rate you're not growing fixed so where you're not guaranteed so when it comes to children a lot of people like to open up a whole life policy because it's fixed and predictable and IUL 
your your accumulation is going to range uh, okay. and the average is usually between 7 and 10%, but it's a lot wider than that, so you know, you can't really when you factor in cap, uh, you know, them being able to adjust the cap and then the fluctuation of the market and stuff like that. But the good thing about index universal life is the cost of insurance is a lot cheaper. Okay. You can break it up to where you can target fund this thing and then you have the option of paying even more to accelerate your value. Mm-hmm. And it's liquid, man. <laughs> you, you, you have access to it after the first year. Although I highly recommend you wait um at least give it some good give it seven to ten years right, to right. uh to have something substantial <clears throat> mm-hmm. um but you can take it out no penalty um <clears throat> yeah okay <laughs> all right definitely so that was the difference between whole and iul and iul perfect man so that right there that's three right that's mm-hmm. three different policies three yeah. different options <clears throat> mm-hmm and I'll just I'm I'm gonna keep reiterating this shit because I I need this to stick to y'all head, man, and really understand what it is you guys can possibly do with your life. Uh, you know, we're young. Uh, for those who are around my age, man, we definitely I'm 31. So although we're getting up there, man, we definitely need it. Um, and it was a conversation me and Amal was having where we definitely felt like we needed to give this education out to. Um, everyone, man, not only to everyone, but it's especially our people in particular, because it seems like, you know, that's one thing, unfortunately, our people may lack on is just proper knowledge on certain self-care. Um, and it's not because we don't look for it. Honestly, a lot of times it's just not given to us and we may not know anything about it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to keep repeating these three different policies we just went over in, um, you know, I, I need y'all to understand, you know, just as he mentioned before, this shit ain't nothing new. These folks have been doing this shit for a long time, whether it's big time corporations, as he mentioned, or big time banks, whatever, whatever it may be, they're doing it. And we have the access to, you know, I, that's yeah. one thing I need y'all to understand. We have that access, <clears throat> but it's more so knowing how to do it in the process to it. And right now you're literally listening to a man who is giving you some real knowledge, man. And a lot of folks won't do this shit. Like I mentioned before, you'll have a lot of salesmen who may come in and just try to sell, as he mentioned, a carrier to you, but they ain't, they're not telling you what are the benefits of this shit. They just trying to make a quick buck. So when you have a broker, like my man here, who is able to give you some type of option, man, in the, a different perspective on what your life value really is, aside from what you already know what it is to be, what you're able to bring to this world. You know, look at your life as your first investment. You know, it could possibly be that. And, um, you know, so this right here is definitely something that can really, really benefit a lot of people, man. I just want y'all to pay attention to a lot of the shit this man, not even a lot, everything that this man is saying. <laughs> I appreciate be, that. Because uh, you, you, you don't have, I've never seen anyone who sells life insurance sit down with somebody and tell them i don't need you to buy from me i just want you to listen to me those you're not going to get that from anyone you see what i'm saying so cherish this shit (laughs) (laughs) for real i'm gonna add to that um there's a story 
of a uh, you know of an, of an investor. He's really good at investing, millionaire. Um, uh, un unfortunately, he hit some. Uh, it just came down on his luck. So he said, <clears throat> "Okay." He went to the bank, told him, "I need a million dollars." Here's my plan on how I'm going to pay you back. All I need is this amount of time. But as you can see for this, I guarantee I'll have your money back plus interest, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and it would take me <clears throat> uh, approximately seven years to do so. The banker said, but what if you die on the way there? What happens to my money? <laughs> do you have life insurance? And he said, no. And then the banker laughs. He was like, how do you expect me to uh, to hand you a million dollars and <clears throat> and you don't even value your life. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so what I'd like to say is that life insurance gives you an immediate estate which you can use as collateral to get loans. You now have a dollar sign on your head that you can use as leverage. Or even if you pass away, that loan uh, shark or whoever you uh, whoever you're getting a loan from has an idea of how they get their money, and that's a big deal. Well, no matter what policy you have, if you don't have anything, you're missing out on advantages that of the people that do. I kind of walk different when I uh, <laughs> when I had put you know got a mm -hmm. policy for myself and. You know, I got it for the kids and um, just knowing that when I look at them, you know, I've been I think about uh, being in this business. You tend to think about death a lot because, you know, there's a lot you're dealing with death benefits. Uh, you have to have conversations with people about death. And sometimes I'm sitting there and I look at my family and I, uh, you know, you if, I, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of leaving my kids. I'm afraid that there's a possibility that. I mean, no. There's a reality. Sorry, that there's one. There's a day that make that will come where I'm no longer able to see them, and you know they won't see me. But knowing that I'm making the steps to ensure their future helps me feel a little bit better. And there's no way to really describe that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, this is to say, you know, as a father, and you're a, if you're a father, you really need to consider life insurance. Not to say that everybody doesn't, but especially if you're the breadwinner. And single moms, too. You know, you're the only one there for your kids in a lot of different scenarios. What happens when you walk out? You never know. It's always too soon. None of us got a lease on life, so we don't know. We, we have no idea. <clears throat> and there could be a day where you don't wake up. What happens? Is anything going to that child? Or those children? Or your family? How they gonna bury you? Right. You know? Too many people go on go <clears throat> GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. GoFundMe's not life insurance, I'm sorry to say. Mm -hmm. You can take care of that now. For as little as thirty to fifty dollars. Now we're gonna talk about cash accumulation and all these other features. But like I said in the beginning of the podcast, any coverage is better than no coverage. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, there's a lot of finance people that will try to tell you insurance is not an investment. And technically it isn't, but it can be. So not only are you getting death benefit, life benefit, and, you know, and cash accumulation, you, the, at the end of the day, I want you to focus more on what you're passing on to your family. Mm-hmm. Because we are not here forever. Mm-hmm. No, that's real, man. So <laughs> let's see. I, um, to dive into it a little bit more deeper, um, let's see. We mentioned family. We mentioned the single father aspect, or excuse me, not single father, just a father aspect or uh, breadwinner. Bread mm-hmm. The single mother aspect. Um, and I'll even just throw in just the family aspect of where, whether, you know, you're together as whole, whatever it may be, man, as a unit. Um, he made a, a very great point, being able to leave your kids something. Um, that's one thing I constantly see often, unfortunately, and it's sad when I do see it when folks are out on the street sitting here asking for money and they're showing pictures and, you know, little handmade boards of people's pictures mm-hmm. and, you know, saying they passed of, you know, an unfortunate situation. And here it is, you know, if you could donate something, it'll definitely go a long way. And of course, you know, it, it's a, it's a fucked up thing to see, but at the same time, um, all of that could be avoided. You know what I mean? If a simple, you know, like you said, 30 to $50, man, that's a start out. Um, what, and so as once you hit 18, let's say your parents never gave you an, a, a life insurance policy. Once you turn 18, are you able to go ahead and sign up or do you have to be at a certain age as far as like I 19, believe you 20? can start at 18. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, you could literally start this shit yourself. Even straight, straight into college, you're able to go ahead and bank on yourself. So the investment is already there, man. Um, I definitely think this is something I keep saying that y'all need to, you know, look more into. Um, give it a second thought. Give it a third thought. If you, you may have already looked at it, you know what I mean? But think about what it is you can actually leave your family, what it is you can do to invest. Uh, motherfuckers always talking about generational wealth, and this is one of the things that adds on into that pile. Uh, you know, I'm I, y'all motherfuckers know I'm a movie buff, so... I was telling Ahmad, you know, the movie Black Panther is a scene in there <clears throat> where, you know, he's sitting there, he went back to the ancient lands or whatever the fuck, and he's talking to his pops. And his pops tells him, like, you know, um, what type of father am I if I didn't prepare my son, you know, for when it was time for me to leave? Whew. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Cold. It's heavy. And it's cold. And it's like when you hear that shit, and this isn't a movie, man, you know what I mean? So... And we'll get into more of that shit, too, in a minute. But when you hear shit like that, and they put this type of shit out into the masses, not only that, this is a black man telling this to his black son. You know, y'all motherfuckers know I'm big on supporting my people, so I'm going to dial in on the black culture, you know. Um, As a black man, what type of father would you be if you didn't leave your son or your daughter with something? Whether that was knowledge whether that was some type of security, whether it was financial, whatever the fuck it was, if you do not sit here and prepare for your possible untimely demise, then what are you doing as a parent? Facts. You know, you you sitting here on on Instagram and TikTok, you motherfuckers want to do all these shits with your kids, half of you probably ain't even got these motherfuckers insured. 
you know, and it's a simple thing like he just said, 30 to $50. Or if you want to invest more to make it more profitable for yourself, I'm all about my money, man. So if I can sit here and take care of my family and at the same time look at what possibility can come to me as far as an investment I may need to have or invest into, and all I got to do is go back to a policy I started a few years ago, Facts. I'm going to feel like that nigga. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody tell me shit. Facts. I ain't got to go into my pocket for some bread that I know I already got because mm-hmm. I just been sitting on it mm-hmm. and protecting my life and my kids. Yep. At the same time. <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> nigga, you couldn't tell With me. With the nigga, same policy. If you tell me no, <laughs> I'm going to look at you like Boo Boo the Fool. Facts. And I'm just being real because at the end of the day, what are you doing, man? Yeah. It's, an inve- it's, an inv- it's a vehicle that flips the game. You know, it, it changes the... the um, what is the, what is the, when you go to the casino, they call it the house. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, it, fl- yep. it flips, uh, flips the, the yeah, it flips the yeah, house. You motherfucker start looking on the cameras like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? You flip the odds in your favor. Interest mm-hmm. is either working for you or against you. So you get to recapture some of that interest that's been taken away from your money, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> by investing in an index universal life policy, um, <clears throat> and, you can start to withdraw from that within the you know after the first year um within the first 5 years within the first 10 years and there's a there's a few methods i've seen mm-hmm. where you you would basically fund your life insurance policy up until you've accumulated enough to pay off debt right so debt consolidation or you fund that life insurance policy Till it while it grows your money, mm-hmm. and then you use that to buy your first property. Waka Flocka said, "Man, fuck that! I'm gonna throw two, three million in life insurance, and then borrow against that and put it back in." He couldn't explain exactly what that meant, but he did that through Index Universal Life Policy. Right. You get to borrow against yourself, and the best part about when you borrow against your policy. It's still accumulating as if the money never left mm-hmm. because it's considered a loan. Mm-hmm. So you're accumulating at the, at the same rate that you were on the same amount of money as if you never took it out. And the unfortunate feature, it's a benefit to some, but I feel like it's stealing from your future self. You, you technically don't have to pay back the money. Hmm. At the end of the day, it gets taken out of your death benefit. So, in all honesty, you know that I mean, you do with that information what you will. Right. I don't. I feel that um, it's always best to put it back in because what the goal should be in these types of scenarios is you're lowering your income to debt ratio while increasing your savings rate. So when you increase your savings rate and you can put more into this policy more and more and more, you're only incre- you're just uh, accelerating, I'll say that, accelerating the cash value. And this is the epitome of all money in. Nope. Oh, there it is there. So I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, let's get into, while still sticking on the financial game, let's kind of get into the, the hip hop aspect about it. Um, so with that being said, I know we kind of introduced you as far as the money smart broker, but 
if you don't mind, you know, tell these folks a little bit about who you are, aside from the financial <laughs> aspect. Mind you, we're going to keep that on topic, but this dude, man, when I first met this dude, he was not the money smart broker, <laughs> and I, in, in a good way. When I first met this man, he was um, an eye-opener for me. I'll say that first and foremost, and then definitely... Uh, Shit, I, I'll say a little bit of an inspiration as well. And I don't get that to too many niggas. Hey, okay. But I'll say that as well. Simply because when I first met this man, he was engineering. And his story, man, was just fucking amazing. So I would love for him to kind of dwell a little bit on that as well. Just to kind of get a little bit more on your you know, background. Backstory. You know what I mean? And, and okay. to see where, you know, now we know where you're at now. But, you know, mm-hmm. where, where, where you I? came from. You know where what I've mean? been. No, right, uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm from Detroit. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I came out here in high school, basically. Like, middle school, high school, in that little phase, mm-hmm. you know. So what, um, what year for the viewers? What year would that be? Uh, that was like, like oh six, oh seven, somewhere around there. Like okay, somewhere right. around that time. The good years. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we was in a recession, but nah. <laughs> but it was still, it was good for me. I, right, I didn't right. know what I was doing, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, out of high school, I wanted to. I mean, I wanted to do a lot of things, but I ended up um, getting heavy into music and. You know, the goal was, you know, to be that nigga. I was trying to be, you know, rapper, this, that, you know. I was doing kind of what everybody's doing now. Um, But I didn't have much luck as an artist with making money. You know, uh, as I kept... Yeah, I kept getting accolades. I I was able to do certain things that a lot of people would say, oh, man, that's dope. You met so-and-so? Oh, that's dope bragging rights but i wasn't getting no money from it and then i had a kid on the way and i was like well the hell do i do now like, i can't i can't just be in the studio all day and i ain't making no money so right. then you know i was like okay my way in is gonna be audio engineering so i, I signed up for school my poor uh, wife had to you know just suffer through me being a you know a starving student <laughs> and um I yeah I graduated with flying colors I, I can brag about that I guess um, not not <coughs> brag about it <laughs> I, that, that was one of the things that impressed me <clears throat> um, I don't know too many niggas that let me rephrase that I'm sure there are some folks out there that can't do it but what made what made it impressing was one your reasoning for doing it and two how long it took you to do it. <laughs> well, I fell in love with it. And so, you know, it, it went, it was quick for me because, I mean, we all looked at the board, right? You know, we all looked at it like, damn, that looked cool. You saw the engineer or whoever was messing with it at the time, he was like, man, I wonder what that knob do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then I, I I grew fond of watching certain people. Uh, Mixed by Ali was a big inspiration. Dre, obviously. Um, I just fell in love with that, and I started... You know, that was my way in, in my opinion. I got an internship. I was doing certain things. Um, still no money. <laughs> but I did get a lot more bragging rights, and I got to work with... Uh, I, through that, I met Juice. Um, I, we was working with a few artists, and... 
um, that was how this whole relationship kind of began. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, man, no, the dude impressed the shit out of me, man. It's uh, <clears throat> As a lot of people might know, when you're doing this music shit, man, mind you, I've been doing this music shit going on, shit, I guess, oof, 14 years now? Um, you meet a lot of different type of people. You meet a lot of different folks who talk a good business, you meet a lot of good uh, different folks who um, are really good, genuine people and just want to kind of just be within the environment of creativity. I'll say that. Um, and then on other times, you meet folks who just be talking nothing but bullshit. <laughs> and, you know, be sitting here saying they could do something or they might promise they could do something and, you know, just shit falls through. So... Um, to have met someone at that time who not only uh, talked a good game, but nigga was showing and proving. And I mean with different artists. It was, At that time, it was like, shit, I think three or four, maybe five, something like that. Just kind of, I want to say three for sure. Uh, but just kind of, you know, in and out of the booth and shit. And this dude, man, as far as his quality of work was just impeccable. It was impressive, man. So... That's how I initially met him, um, was through music. And then, from my understanding, which he still does music, but, you know, he picked up another hobby along the way. <laughs> and you want to go ahead and touch on that uh, yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, um, well, what happened was I was literally... In the middle of a drum session, uh, I was I was tracking drums as an intern. I had been there all day. I knew I wasn't making no money, and then I got a text from my girl that said, "You know, my boy needed diapers, and I have nothing, hmm. but I'm there." And I started to get mad because I was like, "No," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, I just said. Yo, Nipsey got a quote. He said, starving artists ain't my style. That shit would drive me insane. Fuck a dream if it ain't going to pay. Mm. You know, like, I started to feel like that. Right. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And then I got a trade. I, <laughs> I went into plumbing. I just went into the first thing that hired me, honestly. I didn't care what it was. I looked it up. I just, I walked into a plumbing shop down the street from the house. Dude said, all right, you can start tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, and then I picked that up. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> Good-ass plumber, too. I mean, and again, just like the music, he went from... Go ahead, brother. Go back, back uh, a I mean, bit. I'm... Uh, I- I'm good at what I do. He's a humble man, but I'm good at what I do. I quickly, I, I mean, it took a minute. I say it took me like two years to really um, grasp the concept, and uh, I'm at the point where I, well, it came to a point where I be I could I would be recruited by multiple companies at the same time. Um, I, I'm constantly having leadership roles inside of, you know, of a plumbing company. I still had, like, before this, um, before the podcast started, one of my, uh, ex-co-workers had hit me up asking for help on a job because he's on call and he couldn't figure it out. And I had to walk him through it, and then now I'm in here. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm telling you, this dude is a jack-of-all-trades, man, literally. And how old are you? 29. 29. Impressive. That's what I said, man. 
Very impressive. Um, but even on the hip hop side, man, if y'all haven't already noticed, a nigga be quoting lyrics like <laughs> it's nothing, man. And it's a couple of lyrics that uh, we were he was kind of uh, pointing out to me when we was having the conversation the other day, uh, which was pertaining to you know just financial literacy, financial gain. Um, and then it brought up a, a great topic of conversation of, you know, how many artists can we count on one hand that actually kind of transition? And we're, we're speaking simply hip hop artists here. Transition from just regular rap artists to successful rap. We'll say that successful rap lyricism. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know you said, I think Jay-Z was the first one. Yeah. Jay was the first one. I'm biased, but yeah, Jay-Z ain't no topping. Yeah, I just feel like with a lot of a lot of things he say goes over people's heads. He's been dropping knowledge for years. Um, the more I learn in my uh in the finance industry and the more I go back and listen to him, the I'll be like, "Damn, he that's what he meant?" Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it just was like, oh, wow, this what he meant? What's your, uh, what's one of your favorite, uh, bars? From well, I mean, from Jay-Z, I mean, it's a newer bar, um, but he said, you know, he said, y'all think that's bougie, I'm like, that's fine, but I'm trying to get you a million dollars worth of game for nine ninety nine, and oh. that whole song, he talked about, um, investments. He said, you know, I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for, like, two million. Oof. Today that same property is worth twenty five million. Guess how I'm feeling, Dumbo. Oof. Oof. He said I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, <laughs> that shit worth two million. A few more years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to get this shit to my children. Like imagine that feeling, my like where you got something worth eight million dollars and you just I can't wait till you grow up. Man, <laughs> cold part is nigga, it's a painting, so it's probably just sitting in his house. It's literally, and he's yeah. just looking at it every day. <laughs> literally, like man, I can't wait. Man, <laughs> yeah, nigga, that's a hell of a feeling right there, boy. Uh, so Jay Z, that was that was the first one. Mm -hmm. I think the one after that we said was uh, Rick Ross. Rick Ross, and yes. I kind of think we we both agree like they have been the most successful at it as far as the whole. As far as like becoming like they're, the they're kind of they kind of rap like mentors, right? Um, and they were they were extremely successful at transitioning from coming out of the hood to um, to being a successful rapper. There's a lot of people who fell off once they became successful. We won't name them. I'm not trying to shame nobody, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a difficult transition from changing your content matter from tailored towards you know. Um, a certain demographic or a certain or where you came from to now you know you successful you can't talk like that no more you don't live that life no more so how do you pivot your subject matter to um to what your new life is right and you know even comedians will fall off on that you know you know dudes unfortunately it happens and you know it happens to the best of them is it takes a very special person to be able to pivot that subject matter and still stay relevant. One. And Jay-Z and Rick Ross, <laughs> I, 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 man, there ain't no words. It's they they, they <clears throat> definitely have done it. Um, and 
It's hell of a statement because I'm living here. I'm literally still trying to think about it. I really can't think of no other artist besides exactly. Them too. And you won't because no, I'm not, I'm not even trying <laughs> I to. Mean, I I guess you could maybe throw Kanye in there, but you know I would look his his shit more on the creative level than yeah. so like a. Uh, he's 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 amazing at right. what he does. The uh, the but like the specific category because you know, yay. He came out an artist, and he's still an artist. He he did, he wasn't you know he he didn't come from, you know like uh, we know Jay Z's story. Right. You know he didn't come from that. He came from artistry. So you know he we watched Genius. We watched you know how he came up, and it's an amazing story. Um, but he kind of you know he grew as an artist. He basically was like the an experimental. You know each album I'd say you know sounded pretty different from the last. Um, and he's constantly pushing the envelope. But as far as what I'm talking about is more so that transition from we know what Rick Ross and Jay-Z were talking about when they first came out Mm -hmm. and then what they're talking about now. They're two completely different people, but they found a way to stay relevant. I love 50 Cent. He's He's forever one of my favorite figures, one of my favorite rappers. However... When it came to sw- sw- you know, switching his content from then the guns come out, you know, uh, from something like that to you know his successful, you know, he 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 kind of, I'd say it was a little lacking, you For know, sure. to um, you know, ever baby by me, baby be making that, you know, Maybe I just not me, but I, I feel like the nigga kind of fell off after his uh, well. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. When I say fell off, I'll say fell off musically, right? Granted, he had a couple of hits after his first two albums, but uh, the the transition just wasn't that great. Like, one, I give it to the nigga. It's very hard. It's very hard for any artist to have, one, a, a classic first album, but let alone two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Back to back. So, uh, shit, he can do that. Or has done that. I think, uh, shit, sure. Dr. Dre, you could throw in there. Kendrick, I believe people can definitely throw him in there for that. Um, shit, Jay-Z. But I guess that's a little debatable because I know some niggas, like, they, they kind of rate his, his uh, albums on a different little uh, <laughs> scale. Some niggas like certain shit better than the other ones. But, um... Yeah, man. You know, Jay Z, Rick Ross, they they definitely know how to uh, deliver a different level of content. I'll say that. Nigga yeah. get tired of uh, sitting here and listening to the same shit all the time, bruh. You you know one nigga one, one nigga who I really wish who I really really wish would would kind of elevate his his uh <laughs> his whole just everything. I ain't even gonna lie. The game, like, and I just thought about this shit, like. The game has been one of my favorite rappers since the nigga came out. The nigga got bars. He had a classic album, documentary. I didn't really care for the second one. LAX was whatever, and everything after that was whatever. Documentary. Well, yeah, he was so hit or miss. It was ridiculous. You know what I mean? But as far as a nigga just elevating his craft a little bit, I'm not shitting on him when I say this either. I'm saying it as I I expect more out of him at this point. With his bars, it's like, my nigga, how many times am I, I going to hear you gangbanging? You know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, man, 
And I don't give a fuck how old an uh, artist is either. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how old, because at this point, I don't think age has anything to do with your elevation of bars. Uh, but if you started at one point, and we can clearly see, and you're clearly showing that you're at a, a different and elevated level than what you began at, my nigga, your bars should be up to par with that. You know, and his bars is there, but it's like, my nigga, it's straight gangbanging shit. Niggas get tired of hearing that shit. Bruh. So two more I'll add into my, uh, um, I, I didn't mention Pusha T. Pusha T. All right, but <clears throat> is it really? Uh, okay. But I can't put him up there because his mainstream, uh, he's not a mainstream artist. He's but a very he- niche artist. And you know, um, he's f- like he's for a certain type of person. Like not everybody's gonna listen to a Pusha T. Album. I fuck with Pusha T. I do, <clears throat> but to say his he bars, be teaching, and his bars is amazing. They are. Like he but, don't make commercial music though. Nah. <laughs> but how they really changed over the years? It's all dope boy shit. I fuck with Pusha. Honestly, I can I, feel, I, can, I can see why you say that. I feel it. I feel like his last album that just came out mm-hmm. was fucking cold. Honestly, probably it came out earlier in the year, I believe. So probably album of the year for me so far. I ain't really heard nothing else where I could, or I'll say that Drake and uh, Twenty One. Uh, album I ain't that even heard that out. one yet. That shit is pretty decent, but honestly, Push T got it. But. Um, I don't know, man. To me, his shit has just kind of always been like dope boy music, which is cool because I fuck yeah. with it. But as far as the elevation, is like yeah, I, I say threw, no. I think I lowered the bar. He just threw a couple of paintings in there. You know what I mean? Because I feel and, like when you when your listeners hear what I said, they're gonna have their own artists that they want to add to that list. Because I only mentioned two, so I was like, damn, like well, I, shit, I thought it, maybe I mean, I've been reaching. Look, you could. <clears> I, I think last when we was talking about initial, I think I threw Jeezy in there. Jeezy. And I, I could definitely say he's a little bit more uh, elevated, but is he a, a success lyrical? Yeah, he, you, know that, I mean? you know, like the requirement would have to be at the level that Jay Z and Rick Ross are at, along with keeping the subject like staying relevant. Andre three thousand. Is he there? there. Is he still up there? Is he? He always gonna be up there with me. Well, I mean, of course, but that's with us. But and you know, I'll say the 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 few uh, songs or verse that we have heard from him recently. I think he definitely uh, he's up there. Well, he's amazing as an artist. I won't I won't you know knock that. And he's also a very creative man. He you know the Idlewild project and all that was Mm -hmm. amazing. I just don't know if he's had as much success as the, uh, you know what I'm saying, okay. to where right. that, you, you know, that, you. so, like, you. when you go with that criteria, the the last person, you know, is, like, this, the, the, the person that, if you want to be motivated, you want to know, you want to learn, this dude will take you from, you know, the bottom to the top if you just pay attention to his projects. Unfortunately, he's gone now, um, but Nipsey Hussle. Okay. Yeah, I'd say he been teaching since he came out. All right. All right. I, mean, you know, and I ain't gonna lie. I'm <laughs> not gonna even sit here and be like I was the biggest fan of Nipsey as far as his music. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I really wasn't. I ain't even gonna lie to you. But he had a couple of songs I fuck with. Yeah. But as far as his message, whether it was through his music or just in general, mm-hmm. um, I fuck with 
his whole uh, mindset. Yeah. You know, what the he... The mentality uh, that he could show you where mm-hmm. this man literally took himself with music and being smart and doing, you know, just doing smart moves. <laughs> he took he took you from his beginning phases all the way up to that debut album. And, you know, he, he, he went from... You know, the dude talking about, yeah, man, it's going to happen. All I got, you know, it's a marathon. It ain't a, it ain't a sprint. And he went from talking shit like that to, you know, I'm buying, you know, I'm in, I'm in escrow twice, both commercial units type shit. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, to do it, to take it from this level to that level um, in any amount of time is amazing. And I feel like he kind of walked you through that process if you... Um, if you take the time to really listen to, you know, what he's saying and what he meant by, you know, releasing certain projects. And I feel like just the concept of the marathon, marathon, marathon continues and then Victory Lab. Like, you know, how do you and not to mention the Crenshaw album that he released and, you know, decided to sell it for one hundred dollars a copy. The, you know, to the point where even Jay Z said, you know, let me get as you know, let me get this many copies type shit. You know, the mm-hmm. the to take somebody from you know where he was, you know where he was from, and to see where he became, you know, uh, <laughs> is amazing because there's a lot of people with that same dream and didn't do it. So when you see somebody do it, you got to pay attention. Gotcha. <clears throat> I, I fuck with that. <clears throat> so keeping on the hip hop topic, but kind of pivoting a little bit, uh, I think this nigga it's probably been about a week, maybe, maybe two now, but uh, it's on my mind since we had brought up Kanye before. Um, what's your opinion on this nigga making his apology? I'm not sure if you have seen it. I actually haven't. Okay. Um, I, yay, you know. Um, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. I don't, you know, I'm not in the know when it comes to certain things that he's dealing with. Mm. I can't understand certain things that he says and why he says them. Um, And, you know, and we do understand that there is a matrix. uh, So be that, that. (laughs) be that as it may, um, since I, I don't know much, I don't really have too much of an opinion on it. Um, but I can imagine hypothetically if I, you know, if I had to, I would agree with him. Um, just, I, I, I can look deeper into what he's saying. I get how he's saying it. it it's, it's, uh, it's intentional to, to rile you up. At the end of the day, he's a public figure. That's you know, if he wants some attention, he knows how to get it. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, like all the the stuff that other people are focusing on, and you know, you got to recognize where he is and who he is, and you know, uh, what he does for a living, what's been his lifestyle for the last couple decades, and, and factor that in. You 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 know, you, you guys haven't been living the same life. So to have so strong of an opinion on something that you know nothing about just because you feel away um, is is difficult to to be a part of. So I just kind of you know I watch it and then you know I could I agree with some things I disagree with others, but at the end of the day, he do him <laughs> and and I do me. 
so you know that and then we just keep it pushing that way to be honest <laughs> I, 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 I won't stop listening to him I'm nah, not going I'm not going to throw away my Adidas sweater <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't already bought it. They didn't already profited off that purchase, and they probably forgot I bought it anyway. They didn't even know me. So <laughs> he don't know I'm listening to his music either. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever make me happy. If I want to listen to, you know, um, uh, if I want to listen to College Dropout, then I'm going to play it. It is what it is. What I'm saying? No, I feel you on that, and that was a, that was a great response, too. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I feel you on that. For me, honestly, I agree with everything you said, man. Uh, <laughs> I really do. I, I really do. The only the only comment I would make, uh, so <clears throat> in his apology, I don't know if the nigga gave multiple or what, but the one that I saw, he had made a uh, correlation to him and George, himself and George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And basically he was saying, uh, now I know what it is to have a knee on my neck. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what he said. Uh, so, like I said, as though, although I agree with everything he said, and you kind of, you actually did mention it when you said, you know, what he says is not, he delivers it in the wrong way. You know what I mean? Because at a certain point, I understand what this nigga is trying to say in that moment. But it's like, damn, bro, they already, they already trying to put a lawsuit against you and you, you're going to use that comparison, you know what I mean? <laughs> sit here and try I mean, to... but at the end of the day, who else is talking about it? Because then it's like, you know, at least now we're having a conversation. You but, know? Okay, so great point. That And that's my, that's another issue I got with this nigga. I ain't going to lie. I'm going to pour me a little drink to that. The conversation definitely needs to be had. I'll say that. Conversation needs to be had. But at the same time, it's not something that we as a people didn't already know. At least I didn't. And for a lot of folks who paying attention with everything that's happening to Kanye, I mean, shit, we saw the same thing happening to Cannon. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I actually saw a post where some uh, somebody I know had posted um, like a meme where you know, they showed a lot of different people apologizing to the same group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you don't you don't mess with them. You know, there 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 are elites. There are you know what I'm saying. So, um, there like I said earlier, there is a matrix. Um, whether you choose to, uh, you know, it's red pill, blue pill, and you know, at this point, if you don't understand that there's a difference, then you know that it's probably too late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, so let's get into that. The Matrix, all right? Because everybody I know on this motherfucker that listen to me know I'm a, I'm a hell of a conspiracy theorist. And honestly, you know what? I hate even using the term conspiracy theorist because they make that shit so bad nowadays. Um, I am just a person who likes to really have the what if. I like looking at the perspective of the possibility of the what if. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you say The Matrix, uh, we all know the movie, but uh-huh. in in your definition or what you feel The Matrix is, you know, I mean, what what do you think it it actually entails? I mean, I feel like The Matrix is meant to 
I mean, you just look around and you see what's happening and you just realize that everybody is literally, you know, there's a, the, the, the system at work, it feels like the Truman Show. It's, it's, um, everybody is out doing the, okay, Andrew Tate has said it best. He said, you know, when you were a slave, you worked all day <clears throat> and then at the end of the day, you got food and shelter. Right. Now, <laughs> you work all day to make money. You spend all that money on food and shelter. Mm-hmm. We're cogs in a wheel, it looks like, or it feels like. When I was clocking and clocking out of, um, you know, any job I ever had in life, I, you know, I would look at people and, you know, it would scare me. Honestly, you know, honestly, I had a lot of jobs. And what, what scared me a lot was seeing people who spent like 10, 20, you know, 15 years at a job. And, you know, they're proud of it. And, you know, I just, not to, you know, sh- knock anybody who's doing that hustle. You know, you got to do what you got to do to make, you know, to make yours. But I really, you know, that scared me, man. I didn't want that life, you know. And then to be proud of it, right. it was like, hold up. I know you had dreams. Oh, hold up. I know, you know what I'm saying? So, um the the matrix is basically you know the illusion of reality that uh, that is portrayed to you and then there's the actual reality mm. you're more powerful than you think you are but you've been um uh persuaded or you've bought um into the idea that you're just supposed to <laughs> waste your life away Watching TV, Netflix, and whatever, watching these these programs, listening to the you know to other types of programs, and um, and then work a job, uh, give what over half your life. Mm-hmm. I think I got a bar where I said over half your life sold to a job anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about Kanye selling out, but we sell out every day every time we clock in. Every man. So. Um, you know, because there's things that you wanted to do, but you figure, oh, I gotta, well, I gotta take care of my family, so or I gotta do this, or I want this in life, so I'm gonna go work here. And that's no problem, right. you know. But just recognize what it is, right? <clears throat> and realize that you do have the power to change it. Hell yeah, one hundred percent. I um, I uh, keeping on topic with the the matrix. I know we had a. Uh, came up with a, a couple of points the other day when we was having a conversation. <coughs> and basically within that, you know, conversation, we were saying, you know, um, of course, we were talking about the financial aspect of, um, you know, the policies and people investing in themselves. Um, with that came along with, uh, you know, why don't our folks know that, right? And so along with that came with us kind of digging deep onto the matrix as we just kind of went into. But, you know, we had touched on, you know, the possibilities, man, of, you know, three things that we kind of felt needed to be implemented, not only in the communities, but if we had these shits implemented in school, man, it would make life so much easier. Well, yeah, the matrix would be what you would see. You just ask the question, why... Everybody's supposed to make money, but they don't teach you about money in school. Exactly. <clears throat> Why aren't you prepped for real? You know, what, what do we learn in trigonometry for? Over half, like there, you know, over half of us would never use that outside of an academic setting. Why don't we know how to do our taxes? Facts. You know, 
to me, especially now, it would only make sense because that's something that goes back to the motherfucking country or the government, if you'll say. Living in the USA, everybody got to do their taxes. So, at the end of the day, you would think at the bare minimum, you would want to teach us how to fucking do our taxes. But then as you get older, at least as I got older, I realized that's part of the fucking game too. If you don't know how to do it, shit, look at all the celebrities that got caught up in the shit. You know what I mean? Like, Since we're talking about taxes right now, I'd like to add that putting your money in life insurance will keep it away from Uncle Sam. This is why the wealthy people use it. If you pay attention, um, J.P. Morgan has, uh, they, they make about 70% of their revenue and investments. But when it comes to their uh, ex- uh, pension plans uh, and retirement plans for their uh, executive team, their entire executive team throughout the entire company, not a penny of that is inside the stock market. All of it is in fixed products like whole life insurance and annuities um like i said earlier bank of america has a crazy basically they just take your money and put it into life insurance and create more money and give it back to you it's fucking nuts it's fucking nuts but it's all part of the system and it makes sense meanwhile telling you to put your money into tax qualified plans like a 401k and iras etc etc where uh, in a 401k Yes, you're not getting taxed on the what you're putting in, but you're about to be taxed when you put it out. And right. they sell you this thing that um, you will be, you'll somehow be in a lower tax bracket because you know, hypothetically speaking, you won't be working, and you know, you you just take that income, so you be in a lower tax bracket by the time you it's time to take that money out. Has it ever panned out like that? In some cases, yes, but the majority, no. People are getting taxed up to 40% on, you know, their withdrawals, and <laughs> that it's, it's, it's insane. So who's in, whose retirement are you funding or whose life are you funding? If, you, you know, if they're pushing you to put it into a 401K, you're just funding Uncle Sam. Right. So then you, you, you'd want to take that <clears throat> and put it into life insurance, and as long as you keep it within a certain range, it'll classify as life insurance and be tax-free on the accumulation and when you uh, obtain it. On the, uh, on the accumulation and on the, uh, when you take it out. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, again, basic knowledge, basic education. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers do not get that shit on an everyday basis. Uh, I'm going to kick it off, man. I think it's aliens in this motherfucker. <laughs> Real shit. And I know that's a hell of a jump, but I think it's aliens in this motherfucker, man. And I keep bringing up this show, and I'm 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 gonna say it again because I'm a believer in there's a little bit of truth in everything that we watch on TV, whether it's a motherfucking show or a movie, whatever you want to look at it. You know, there's some bit of truth in that shit. There's a show called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Mm. And in this show, in a nutshell, the show title is exactly what happens. A man falls to earth. This man falls to earth from another planet who's here for on a mission, basically, who was sent here on a mission to find this scientist and build a renewable source of energy um, so that, you know, he could bring his people from his planet to this earth. 
Now, with that, he needed to find a scientist who just so happened to be a black woman, who also just so happened to be the only scientist at that time who had created some type of cold fusion or gotten close to creating cold fusion and quantum physics, all that bullshit, right? So, well, I don't say bullshit, but all that crazy <laughs> shit. But uh, in a nutshell, man, at the end of the show, the motherfucker's sitting there in the interrogation room with the CIA and all that shit, and they're threatening him. They're telling him all that shit, and he basically, in response, tell him, you're not going to do nothing to me. If you do, I'll release this, uh, the instructions on how to build this renewable source of energy to where you won't be needed at all. You know, we could power and pop, we could power our homes and our cars through this one source of energy. We wouldn't need to plug anything in, all of that, right? And he says, not only are you going to allow me to stay here and you're not going to do anything to my friends, but you're also going to allow me to have asylum for all my people. And I'm like, damn. And of course, they agreed. Now, granted, a lot of people may look at this and say this is a show. But, again, I believe there's a little bit of truth in everything, man. Mm. It would make a lot of sense. <laughs> and, you know, it just so happens, people, do your research on this. We recently just had a new element added to the periodic table. I believe it's element 81, 80 something, something like that. It, element 180, whatever the fuck. Do your research. Look up the most recent elements added. Um, of course, they're always adding stuff to the periodic table, but one of the most recent ones just so happens to be found from uh, alien technology, basically. And they put it out there. You can do this research. You can find all of this shit. So I found that to be very interesting. When I see a show, and they're saying they're giving motherfuckers asylum, they agree to it, and then you look at the periodic table, and one of our new elements is something that came from outer space. <laughs> shit is crazy man motherfuckers may look at me like I'm crazy they motherfuckers you know may say oh you know it's just a hell of a coincidence fuck that sums up nah there's usually uh, if you can find it there's usually some type of um, some type of relation, correlation with reality and um, whatever it is that you're watching and, and I believe that I, I believe 100%. that 100% 100% man but, uh, yeah, shit, we about an hour, 18 minutes in. So, shit, I'll wrap it up around this time. I don't want to bore y'all with too much of the conspiracy shit. <laughs> nah, we're going to add to that. Uh, you know, they, they, when he says stuff like that, when then, uh, you know, I start thinking on, like, facts. Like, we, we can't even fly over Antarctica, you know. The questions that, that, that have yet to be answered, like, you know, we supposedly exploring space but you know what 90 percent of this ocean hasn't been explored okay that's right there why we ain't down there <laughs> what was what was down there bro nigga why is there lakes in the ocean why are there pyramids <laughs> you know the trip i had seen this video the other day where uh pretty much they was explaining uh tesla nikolai tesla mm -hmm. i came up with this theory um, that the Great Pyramids of Giza, I believe they're pronounced, uh, the three big ones, right? Mm -hmm. They were possibly used as an energy source. So that renewable energy source that I was talking about and that mm -hmm. they mentioned 
in the show <clears throat> is the same thing Nikolai Tesla said that possibly was, uh, you know, powering Egypt. And mm. so he was saying in these pyramids, uh, they're made with different type of limes and stones, you know, just different materials that create um, energy, basically, I'll say. Mm. Uh, so, again, just a theory. But a hell of a possibility. Hey, and uh, you just got to keep an open mind to it. That's all. Don't you shut know. it off. Just, you know, explore it. Explore it. Speaking of exploring. <laughs> Since I, and I'm glad you, you extended this a little bit. Let me get this <laughs> shit off my chest. Right now, we, we're watching... Uh, this is... Uh, actually, it's a cooking show that I have on just in the background. Um, but pretty much this cooking show, he kind of just goes around the world... Um, exploring cultures, eating, you know, with different folks of the world. Uh, really good show. It's called The Best Food Show Ever. If you guys watch YouTube, definitely check it out. It's a hell of a show. Um, but saying that to say, I've been watching, aside from him, I watch a lot of shit as far as uh, people just traveling the world in general. And one of the channels I came across was this guy in Mexico. And he came across this city that's actually dedicated to Africans and black folks. Mm. So I can't remember the name of it. I believe it started with a Y. But they have a statue out there, a big-ass statue of a black man um, on the walls. It's a painting that pretty much tells the story of what happened. And they also um, go into how uh, black folks was going to Mexico uh, for freedom at the time and all this shit. Which is interesting because if you think, if they're traveling to Mexico for freedom, that means they were already here. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, saying that to say, um, I'm a big believer now that it was a lot of black folks that was already here, man. You know, everybody didn't come on that boat. <laughs> I'm a big believer in that shit now. And not only that, you know, they're starting to tell us now about shit that they discovered, you know what I mean? Whether it's been certain speaks or pyramids discovered out here, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Supposedly there's a, a big-ass pyramid within the Grand Canyon. Mm. Um, they also just discovered a sphinx, I believe, in, like, Missouri or Illinois, somewhere over there, Oklahoma, one of them motherfuckers. I know that's kind of spread out, but it's somewhere that way. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, you know, you just you start to think about this shit, man. And like I said before, that the big ass what if, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you mention Antarctica, it's like why the fuck can't you fly over there? Mm -hmm. You know, when you mention um, uh, again the Matrix, and it's like okay, here it is. Are we really designed to just be workers? You know what I mean? Like, and when you see a statement from Rockefeller himself, who had a part with designing the uh, school board who said he would <laughs> rather have a country full of workers, mm -hmm. you know, in a nutshell. That's pretty much what he said. Basically. It's like, man, okay, what the fuck are we living in? You know? So, I don't know, man. I just, I be thinking about all this shit, man. I be, my mind is open at this point, but I did want to have you on here um, to, you know, really just Educate folks, man, because like I said, we don't get it, you know, so 
Yeah. Where can they? Where can these people find you at? Um, <clears throat> I'm on Instagram at Money Smart Broker. I'm on Facebook, uh, Ahmad Shakur. Uh, if you go there, you see my link tree. You'll be able to get to anything. Um, you'll be able to contact me. If you have any questions regarding either life insurance or uh, anything finance related, <clears throat> um, I do I do do consultations and I'm usually posting content on my page, so you know you can catch a few nuggets every now and then. Um, more content is going to be coming out very soon, and yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, man, shit. Shout out to KG. You know, hopefully that nigga feel better with his punk ass. <laughs> um, shout out to my nigga Joe, too. I know that nigga had taken care of family business as well. So, um, yeah, man, this is the 420 podcast. You know what I'm saying? The 420 wrap up in this bitch. Um, like I said, man, this was a cool episode. Something different, um, a special. Yeah, I appreciate you, know. you having me on, man. Uh, yeah, man. Being able to... Uh, you just be able to talk and shoot the shit and you know ex- just spread certain things that you know to ears that I probably you know uh, that you talk to that I don't know and stuff like that it, just to just to spread it out spread the word a little bit further than my reach definitely man <laughs> nah for sure um on my behalf like I said I I wanted this you know what I mean um of course I wanted Kenny to be here as well but um to have you be able to just kind of give that education, you know what I mean, and, and really just give some, uh, just really shed a light, you know what I mean? Because, again, a lot of a lot of folks don't know about this shit, you know, so to be able to just kind of uh, instill that message, you know, mm-hmm. whether they take it or not, at least you, you, you gave them at the message. At least you gave them the message, and, yeah, I think that's the most important part because, you know, I... I could take the horse to the water, I can't make him drink, you know what I'm saying? But I could at least bring him there, and that's doing more than enough. So if I brought you, you know, some type of nugget, and, you know, whether you do business with me or not, you know, it doesn't have to be with me. I just want to see more of our community having, you know, things in place that could secure the future. We don't, we got a habit of not really taking care of our kids, not really leaving, you know, what's the, what's the... The cliche is, um, you know, you getting kicked out at 18 on some shit. So, right. you know, we, we really don't be taking care of our young. Um, we, you know, they just be kind of growing up <laughs> beside us, or, like for real. So, you know, if we, if, you know, and we always talk about, you know, but, you know, because when you get older, you start talking about, oh, my, you know, ain't nobody leave nothing like this for me, this, this, that, and the third. Um, but this is the way that you can stop that. And, you know, even, like I said, turn, you know, uh, the basic insurance is better than no insurance. So if you, you know, if you wanted to get even just that small little little term policy, you don't, you know, without all the added features, getting something just so that, you know, I heard a quote from uh, this dude, Prince Donnell. He said, you know, he said, if I die today, my son will be a millionaire. Imagine the power hmm. of being able to say that. If you want to be able to say something like that, Look into life insurance. Either hit me up or look into you know, um, whoever. Maybe you know somebody who became a broker or an agent. Um, just have a chat with them. See if they got your best interest at heart. Um, if not, then hit me up. You know, we can go from there. Definitely, man. That's it, man. So hit my dude up, man. That's it. <laughs>